0: All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. As always, I'm your host Bailey Egbert, and joined with me is the captain,
1: Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, dude? It's hoodie season, and with everybody listening today, my wife is mad at me because I am on a guide trip and it's my birthday. So, for everyone listening on a Friday. But I'm fishing, yeah. So uh that, that's how my Friday is gonna go. Um I I knew I scheduled a guide trip on the 23rd, 24th, not realizing it was my birthday, and my wife loves to do all this like special extravagant things, and she looked at the calendar <laughs> and she goes, You're a son of a I was like, I'm sorry. Oops, I was like, honestly. I was more thinking about the money and getting the boat out and making as much money as I can before winter and I just circumvented my birthday. And she's like, <laughs> I love that she's <laughs> the one mad
0: and not you. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, so I'm gonna funny. be on
1: the water. Like right, if I yeah. had a choice, I would go fishing on my birthday, like circumvent family and everything. Just let me be let me do my own thing. But here we are. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll say <laughs> this. Okay. So for you? everyone that is listening or watching this episode right now. Obviously, if you there might be some people watching this, you know, a day or so after it is posted. Uh, if you are listening to this, I encourage you to go on Instagram or any social media and bombard Andy's DMs with a happy birthday. Oh, and if great. you are on YouTube, bombard the comments with a happy birthday specifically great. at Andy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's um, yeah. Blow when- up his
0: DM so that he, he gets annoyed at his glove box. Uh, why it keeps. <laughs>
1: You know, oh, I, I have an Apple Watch, so I get notifications. So I'll just be sitting there like, son of a. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Okay, now you guys have to do it just because that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on silent. <laughs> as be able we're to wrist after the day. <laughs> you know, so I am actually really looking forward to this day, though, because we are in hoodie season. My windows are open. I'm pretty sure Bailey's windows are open as well. Went from <laughs> like 80 degrees to about 55 in the switch of a day. And that screams power fishing for smallmouth. So tomorrow we're going to be on the Niagara River throwing A-rigs and crankbaits and jerkbaits and spinner baits all day. And hopefully we can put together a, an awesome big bag for my clients who are up here for two days. But th- today is on Friday and tomorrow on Saturday. So. I think America, our guest that's waiting in the
0: queue really want to come back north and get out of the 90 degrees he's getting- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, um I stepped outside earlier in shorts this morning and I was like, oh, I should probably go put a hoodie on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is the greatest day. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you first step outside that first morning in like either late September or October, Yeah, you're like... I'm shivering. I'm (laughs) shivering. You're like you're so happy about it.
1: And this is coming from a guy who will wear sandals up until there's like three inches of snow on the ground. So like I was like me saying I'm cold. It's a good thing. Like I'd I'd rather be cold than too hot. So,
0: well, one last note before we bring on our guest today, Mr. Hunter Bowman is joining us. Winner of the MLF Toyota on Lake Truman. We're gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool to get him on here. Learn about Hunter, learn about uh, his win, dive into that, see what we can learn from him and kind of how we got it done and uh, got that big old nice trophy that we're going to see behind him. But uh, real quick, I'm going to have some videos coming out from state championships, which is exactly what Andy just talked about. We literally went from 80 degrees down to like 50 or 45 degrees. Last week for practice, I was in like hoodies and like my those blackfish insulated pants because it was so cold in the morning. It was like 42 one of the mornings. And then come tournament day, it's like 85 degrees. It was just a complete flux. It was like our stereotypical summer to fall transition. But uh, videos from that state championship and going through that is going to be up on the Be The Fish YouTube channel here soon. And a new video actually out on the Full of Fishing channel. Mm-hmm. Both Andy and I's separate YouTube channels are down below if you guys want to check it out. But Andy, I think without further ado.
1: Yeah, we should get Hunter on here before we ramble ramble on for an hour about ourselves. I literally warned stuff. him off, and I'm like, yeah. if
0: you don't, if you don't get us back on track, you and I will go for hours and forget about
1: <laughs> just endless bantering, good bantering. Yeah,
0: and before we do that, let's just get him on here. Yeah,
1: yeah, here we go, Hunter
0: Bowman. What's
2: going on? Hey, good,
1: Hello, good guys. Good day, man. How are I you? Yeah. I <laughs>
2: Oh, man, y'all just keep talking about the cold. It was like 100 yesterday here, so I'm ready for cool, cool weather. Mm.
0: Well, you come on, come, up, come on up and join us for some smallmouth fish, and we'll glad you get, gladly get you out in the boat and uh, go smash on some uh, early fall smallmouth, but uh, but, dude, it's good to get you out here on the show. Uh, it's nice to kind of finally be somewhat face-to-face, more like an a meet here, but... Uh, it's good to get you on the show and uh, learn about how you won over at Truman. But before we dive into the tournament, uh, what we do with everyone that's new to the show is how did you get your start into bass fishing? You know, who introduced you to the sport? The whole nine yards, we'd love to know your story.
2: So, you know, I, I don't remember a time in my life I didn't fish. I just, I grew up in an outdoors family, hunted and fished my whole life. Uh, my dad and my grandpa took me. But they were more like meat fishermen. I mean, they they crappie, catfish. If we caught a bass, we were going to eat it, too. I mean, knock the sides off of it. That's just how they fish, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, the the whole just starting fishing is just just a part of life around here. As far as the tournaments, when I got in my teens, um, I'm actually a, uh, amputee below both knees. I wore prosthetic legs. I played, like, soccer and basketball. I wasn't real competitive, but I've got a very competitive streak in me. So I kind of dabbled in the tournament fishing a little bit and realized, you know, I think I can be competitive doing this. And it just grew into a monster from there. And it's, you know, nonstop. Yeah. Well, we can see you're competitive judging by the uh,
0: trophy case behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, yeah. dude. I mean, that I'll, I'll relate to that in a sense, like getting out of college, I've been playing sports my whole life. And I was like, kind of like sitting there, it dawned on me one day in college and I'm like, my athletic career is gonna be over like in a year or something like what the hell am I gonna do? And I was like, wait, tournament fishing. And now I'm like completely obsessed with it to a point where like like you are. It's just been one thing, it's like it it almost consumes your life.
1: He's Man. so obsessed that I can't even get him to go fishing for like any other species in the winter. Like he's like, Nope,
2: <laughs> not doing it unless it's bass. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. So I mean, I'm the opposite. I like the hunt, and I that's what. Man, if I could deer hunt all year, I don't even know if I'd fish. But that's when winter gets here. I'm like, don't talk about bass fishing. Don't tell me about bass fishing. If you got something to talk about a deer, that's fine. If not, just don't talk to me because I'm going deer. Hunt. But that's, <laughs> I love that. Like, like nine or 10 months out of the year, it's, it's wide open on the bass fishing.
0: I hear you on that. I love, I love getting in the deer stand, especially during archery up here. Right. Uh, and it's one of those ones where I've heard some guys from the south as well uh like we've had matt airy on the show where he's talked about the exact thing where you know when elite season's over he d- puts poles away and it's full seat like full-blown deer season after that yeah but it's always one where it's like i'm so torn because i want to do both just as bad <laughs> so it's like here's a solution kill one as fast as i can and then i can go fishing for the rest of the time <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. there's, there's no torn moments for me i'm like oh it's deer-, a deer season actually opens tomorrow here archery does so it's like, oh, it's time to go deer hunting. I just got a few tournaments left to knock out for it. I can get going good. Oh, so you're not going out for opener? No, I'm actually going to be on my uh, anniversary trip. Oh. <laughs> so well
0: congrats. thank
2: yeah. thanks. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, so
0: kind of talk to us about like the tur- – so you got into the tournament scene. What's kind of been like your road? So obviously you've been fishing. You, know, you won a Toyota recently. But uh, what was kind of the road for you going from locals
2: to where you are at now? So, uh, I fished a bunch of team stuff for years and years. Uh, my cousin, I fished with him. I grew up with him. I mean, I still, the, the, the guy I learned how to bass fish with is still my tournament partner now when I'm home, which is pretty cool. Um, then, you know, probably I graduated in 05, so probably around that 05 to 07 range. I started fishing as a boater and some VFLs and stuff. The will uh, bass weekend series. I don't know if you all remember those. Yep. And then... Kind of, I, I was kind of off and on, man. Fishing such an expensive hobby business, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, like I'd fish the, at the time it's Toyotas now, but it was like the Everstarts then. I'd fish a year or two of the Everstarts. And it's like, okay, I need to do something else. So I can pay for them again. Then, you know, I go back to BFLs and stuff. Then I go back to Everstarts and Coastas and as they change through the years. But, uh, but just kind of slowly work my way up um in 2020 i got a call from brad fuller of the national professional fishing league the (NPFL), and i had turned in an application he, he called me I, I know i remember exactly where i was at and he said man you know we've looked over your application we'd like to invite you to be an angler of the the inaugural ugh, inaugural year of the NPFL." <laughs> and so i you know i prayed i beat on some doors and some sponsors and rounded up some money and started last year in 21 with NPFL. That's has always been a goal to fish at a national level. And so I started doing that this year. I decided to add in the back to the Toyota series. Like last year, the Toyota went to Dardanelle, which is home to me there in you're close to home in Russellville, Arkansas. So like I'd jump in one here, there when, you know, when it was around, but I hadn't fished a full season of Toyotas in about four or five years, I think. So, this year I decided with the MPFL to also jump in the Toyota and the ABA uh, top 150 series southeast. So it's been – there was one point that we went from Kentucky for an MPFL straight to Lake of the Ozarks for a Toyota, left Lake of the Ozarks and drove straight to Fall, Alabama for an a, uh, uh, ABA. And the, the deal was uh, the Ozarks tournament was a Tuesday through Thursday tournament. So, like, the MPFL was over on a Saturday after a week – We drove on Sunday. I mean, I say we, uh, Paul Browning, a guy I travel with. They Mm -hmm. also all these different events. But we drove from Kentucky to Lake of the Ozarks on a Sunday, started practice on Sunday. Tournament started on Tuesday morning. Fished Tuesday, Wednesday. Neither one of us made the cut, climbed in the trucks on Wednesday night, drove through the night. Uh, Thursday, got midday to Ufala Alabama, practice for like four hours, went to a meeting, start tournament in Ufala on Friday morning. So like in a week, I'd fish sure. three major multi-day tournaments. <laughs> Exhausting. Exhausting. Yes. yes, it was like a long, however many days, 10 days or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. going
0: back to that competitive drive.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right. When, he's, when he is in, he is all in in it sounds like to me yes, like, yes. and then
2: throttle hundred miles an hour. I love it. That's you know 12, 12 multi day out of state tournaments and then I fished three different series here in Arkansas when I'm home and I don't i probably fished ten different benefit tournaments at home too. So it's it's wide open man. I love it. You know uh probably forty five tournaments this year. A couple years ago I know I fished sixty nine year before the NPFL but it's oh. dude it's it's every weekend. If I'm home I'm going fishing somewhere. That is awesome, hmm. dude. I respect the hell out of that ah, because, great.
0: like, uh, I mean, this past year has been. Granted, I'm relatively, I would say, fresh to tournament fishing. I've been fishing him for probably four or five years, but this year was really one that I tried to stack up. I mean, granted, from the kayak side, which some of you could argue is like a little bit more physically straining, especially if you're doing like long practice days. Right. I think I had. I think I had 14, 14, 15 tournaments, and you're doing. 69 39 like what i can't remember the number for this past year holy crap dude like the total the travel in itself (laughs) (laughs) the travel in itself is probably the most like mentally like wearing on you like huge props to that because like just from a mental side I couldn't do it just to travel mm-hmm. alone. I'm like I'm sitting there in the truck. I'll be so excited for a, you know like a 12 hour drive. First two hours I'm like yeah let's go, and then hour three I'm like holy crap can we just get there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, and the windshield
0: time can get old for sure. Oh I bet it can.
2: Are you a are you a podcast guy or are you a music guy? What do you what are, what's your um, consumption? I love music, but normally if I'm by myself, especially going to a term, I usually listen to podcasts pretty much anything, all of them just. Try to, of course, you know, ten or eleven hours. You can pretty much get through all the podcasts. Get caught back up on everything. That's, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's when you browse your contacts, looking looking for buddies you haven't talked to in a while. That's right. <laughs> I've got a couple of buddies in general that that they like don't sleep. I guess and I'll talk to them late at night a lot of times. so they'll, they'll know I'm driving and call me like eleven at night, and we'll talk for an hour or two. Oh, <laughs> perfect. That's bro. a way away from the wife. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah.
1: at 11 o'clock at night the wife is probably sleeping yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) oh that's funny well dude let's let's start diving into uh to truman you know like for that event you know talking to us about what your mindset was kind of where your head was at going into practice like kind of what was the lake setting up like and kind of where it was your mind at in terms of how you're gonna approach it
2: uh so you know the the ozark region which i Truman looks different than a lot of the Ozark lakes, but I'd still consider it in that region. I'd never been there, but I just knew in that region this time of year, you know, brush pile play a, a definite factor. And I had that on my mind going. And then the first day of practice, I actually didn't do the brush pile deal. I did the, uh, the up the creeks, idling around because the lake was low and it's like timber everywhere. And, you know, fished and, and had an okay bag, 13 pounds or so, one decent fish, but just – Felt like that bite wasn't that good, and I noticed two different piles on my live scope while I was up these creeks, and I called a keeper out of both ones, and then I was like, okay, so tomorrow, day two of practice, I'm going to spend it on piles, you know, just commit my whole day to it, and I hate it because I hate idling and graphing, but that's what I'm going to do, and I started doing it, and I, I shook like 25 bites, and Marked probably 60 spots, you know, and some of them were big piles. Some of them were stumps, but 60 waypoints. One of those was a big rock pile that played a little bit. And uh, so day three, you know, I was and I set the hook three times on day two, and they were all short fish. But I, I the boy I was rooming with, I told him I, I can't imagine that, you know, you, you get 10 bites in brush piles or on wood and you don't catch keepers. I can't imagine they're all short fish, you know, so – so day three of practice, I start and I spend like to lunchtime trying anything besides that. Like on the main lake, around the same areas of where I was going to fish. But just, man, buzz baits, jerk baits, spinner baits. I mean, you just name it, crank baits. I, I tried anything but fishing piles, swings, and uh, I never caught a keeper doing it. I caught like two or three short fish. So about lunch, that last day of practice, I only had two or three hours left. And I, I found a pile and I pulled up and I shook a fish out of it immediately. Like, all right, this is the deal. So I marked about 40 more waypoints that day before it was time to quit. And I had right at 100 when I started. And they were all, I mean, I could pretty much sit on any of those waypoints and see 95 of them. I mean, they were all within a couple of miles of, you know, It's it was an area of the lake split two or three times and you could see all the splits and everything I had I could pretty much see all day long. So, and that made it easy to move around you spend a lot a, a tough tournament you could spend a lot of time fishing not running i felt like that helped too so
0: when you said you're marking stumps and brush piles do you think the pattern straight up just was wood
2: you had to look for submerged wood i, I do and what i was doing i would I, I had two different stretches i had some big piles on them and i would take and go back down them with a live scope and just basically troll from pile to pile and scan for the little very subtle pieces of wood that probably would be overlooked on a side imaging.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's how I got, I mean, I didn't have that many true piles, but that's how I got that many waypoints and what that allowed me to do, you know, I'd have a seven or 800 yard stretch. And when I'd shut the boat down to fish, I'd have like 35 or 40 piles down that stretch or waypoints down that stretch. And I would just take off fishing. I wouldn't have to get up and run to the next one. I wouldn't have to spend much time in between. I just fished every piece of wood that I could fish down there. You know, the, in that five to fifteen feet of water on the flat banks. Yeah, it makes sense. So, how, how are you approaching
0: them, like from a from a bait standpoint? What
2: what was the forage that they were eating? So, I'm I'm very confident with a five sixteenths finesse jig. I've got one. I work with a local company here, Brizalo Custom Lures. Helped them a little bit tweak and design their finesse jig. It's something I've thrown for years. I, like, I dedicate a rod to it. It's always on the deck. Um, so that was kind of my first deal I wanted to throw. And I had some bites on it. And then I, I tied a three-quarter on, and which is kind of weird in five feet of water to throw a three-quarter ounce jig. But it was going down so quick into the wood that you never had to worry about shaking it down in there. It would go right to the heart of the wood and, you know, get the bikes quick. And then I threw a shaky head a little bit in practice as well. Uh, the two jigs I had to hook that off of, that way I wouldn't hook them because I like to hook fish. <laughs> so that that way I, you know, made sure I wouldn't. And uh, then the shaky heads what I actually hooked the, the fish on in practice, the few that I did hook. And they, I think that may have played into why they were smaller fish because it was shaky head. But it was even harder to, to get it. You'd come over a limb and you'd shake it and it might come – three limbs over, you could feel it come over two or three before it sink back down the pile. Whereas that big jig, as soon as it come up on a limb, you could take it and fall right back to the middle of it.
0: That probably was provoking some more reaction bites versus the fish that were able to
2: look at I, it I'm, I'm sure it had something to do with it too because it was pretty much three. Three throws with all I'd make on a waypoint. I mean, like almost every time my first good throw that actually came through the wood would be a fish. If I was going to catch a fish, it would be on the first almost every time.
0: What about – were you catching fish on almost all those waypoints too?
2: No, I had – I actually counted them the other day. I had like 15 or 16. When I would catch one on a waypoint, i changed the the symbol so I knew that it had a keeper – why I would catch a keeper off of it. And I think I had uh, – no, I had 12. 12 is what I had. So, I mean, you know, I, I think I caught my – eight keepers, ten keepers, ten keepers. So that's 28. 28 keepers came off of 12 pieces or 12 waypoints. Now, one of those waypoints was a rock pile that five or six keepers came off of during the week.
0: Hmm. Now, after you marked what those – like the piles that you got bit off of, will you only run those in the tournament or would you still try to run some of the ones that you didn't get
2: bit off of? No, because they're all so close together, I'd run all of them. Uh, and I couldn't – you you nearly couldn't run them all in a day. I mean, it you know, I ran like – you run 60 or 70 in a day, about all you could run. But I'd run them all, and every day I caught one off of a – I caught a keeper off a pile or off a waypoint that I had not caught a keeper off of the day before. So
1: they cool. would load into different trees every day.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I had like three that I caught multiple, you know, three-pound-plus three fish out of.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the variable there was for them to rotate brush piles, right? Like, is there a different type of bait fish that was prevalent? Were they feeding on something that would be by those trees and make them show up on the different brush piles at different times, do you think?
2: I I think there was just so much that was close together. There was a lot of fish there, and it was a timing deal. And I shared that water with several of the other top 10 guys, too. And, you know, there there was times I know for sure Casey Scanlon – There was a time I went around him and caught a fish out of a pile that he had just fished. There was a time he went around me and caught a fish out of a pile I just fished. And so, you know, some of it may be that they had just been fished and somebody caught a fish out of it and messed everything up. Or, man, it's just timing. They didn't want to eat, you know. Mm -hmm. I'd love
0: to uh, have you guys mic'd up. When you go behind each
2: other and catch one and watch each other giggling at each other and be like, "Ah, sucker!" I was like, "Oh, look, he caught one." But then I actually didn't know I caught one behind him. I had another competitor say, "Yeah, as soon as you went around him the last day, he said you caught one." I probably just fished, but but I watched him catch one behind me. I'm like, "Well, crap! (laughs) Oops. How did I mess that one up?"
0: (laughs) 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 Oh gosh, that's funny. Where are uh, these from the stumps and brush piles? And then you mentioned a rock pile as well. Like, were they all generally somewhat the same depth or kind of very, you know,
2: variable in terms of which ones were where? It was no shallower than five, no deeper than 15. And that's a big, you know, that's a pretty big span. Like the last day, I caught a five and a half out of five and a four and a half out of 15. I mean, it was just if it was deeper than 15, I would never make a throw at it. If it was shallower than five, You could see it pretty much, but, you know, and, and I tried, like, I I just kind of kept my range there. Everything was in that. And I'd fish, you know, and I might catch a three pounder out of 12 and a three pounder out of four or you know, five, whatever up there shallow. But, and there was a few pieces of wood I could actually see that I flipped and had bites in practice, but I never had bites on them in tournament. Hmm. That's intriguing. Like, did you not like
0: find piles or anything deeper than that? Or was there like a, what do you call it? Um, Oh gosh, I always lose this term. What is it called when there's like the there's no oxygen below? Thermocline. Yeah, yeah. I always forget that dang term. It happens to me all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that
1: that, that's a tough one for some people to remember. It goes in my
0: mind. I'm like thermometer. Nope, that's wrong. What is the term?
1: (laughs) I'm looking for a
2: thermometer in 45 foot of water. Have you seen it? (laughs) I did see a thermocline on my graph. I I really off the top of my head don't remember. But it was fairly, it was shallower. I assume that's what it was I was seeing. It was, I think it was less than 20. So that may have had a, an effect. Hmm. Uh, really, most of them were 12 or less. But the last day I caught that one out of 15. But I basically, like the first pile I, I threw on, on day two of practice was 15. And I shook a bite out of it. So, hmm. all right. So I kind of just, if I hadn't shook that bite, I probably wouldn't even fish anything in 15. But I kind of kept that in there. And I feel like maybe they did get to a little bit of the deeper piles as the pressure was on by day three. You know, I, I caught it less shallow and more, you know, 10, 10 to 15 on day three. Gotcha.
0: Okay. With, uh, with brush piles, because I think a lot of people, I and mean, especially us northern folk that don't have brush piles. Right. There might be some people that kind of approach them. Maybe they just don't know how to approach a brush pile where they might just make one cast in it and they're like, all right, there's a bunch of trees and uh, I'm not sure how to work this thing. And then they'll move on and keep going. Whereas like, I feel like a brush pile has got to be something you relatively break down to an extent. So kind of, how do you approach those, the brush piles that you were fishing? I
2: know you said you were throwing a jig. So to me, and, and you know, this, this forward facing sonar makes everything so much easier to do because I hated like two years ago, three years ago, I couldn't stand fishing brush piles because I'd have a waypoint, you know, I could find them on side engine. but I'd have a waypoint and I'd roll up and I'd drop the trolling motor and I'd make five throws. I'd never touch it. I'd get mad pick my crap up and go up a creek and fish because I never hit any pile. But now that you can see it, you know, I it's almost like deep water flip. Well, not really that deep, but offshore flipping. I mean, because you can make that throw out there and watch your bait go down on that live scope. Um you know, generally a lot of times you want to fish the edges of a pile first and then go to the middle, That just like a laydown. You come to a laydown, you may be able to catch one or two on the edges before you go to the heart of it. But with the live scope, you can see a lot of what's going on. And when you go to pulling up to these piles and there's no fish on the outside of them, there's no point in really spending your time throwing to the outside. Um, and, it, you know, you want – to me as slow as you can possibly go like you want to throw past it once you go to the heart of it you want to throw past it and when you get to it and you come over that first limb i mean you want to you want to try to imagine what you're feeling you know what your what's your bait doing whether it's a you know texas rig or a jig or whatever what's it doing down there and as you feel it come up over that first limb don't like just pull it you want to just just pull enough for it to fall off that limb and go right back to the bottom you know, on a big pile, you may be able to come over 20 limbs before you get out of that thing. You know, it takes a long time to get a throw and going like that. But then, because just like, just like flipping a log, you know, you can flip a root of, of a log four, four different spots and not get a bite and then hit that one spot and that fish will eat, even though you're throwing a foot from his head before. Same thing in that pile. You know, you can come over those limbs and try to hope it lands right in his face on one, when it falls in between one of those limbs. Now, that does mean when you're getting that tight down in that pile that you may lose some fish. You know, they may not come back out. The hole that your bait falls in may not be big enough for their head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean you you had mentioned offline that you, you lost quite a few jigs trying to do exactly
2: that. <laughs> man, yeah, I probably lost fifty jigs. I the rock pile Whew. cost me a lot of finesse jigs and then man, I lot, a lot I lost a lot of big jigs in those piles. Ouch. Yeah. So you said
0: one thing there that really kind of I want to I want to go break down a little bit further. When you said that you want to cast at the edge of the brush piles first before you cast to the heart of it. Is that because of simple hookup ratio where those fish have less obstacles to get back to the boat? Or is that because kind of like when you picture a tree on the bank, you fish the end of the tree so that you're not spooking the fish at the base of the tree? you're maximizing that piece of cover is that why
2: it's it's both i mean obviously if you hook a fish that's outside the pile ready to feed then you don't have to worry about getting him out of it and you're not bothered you know you the the times that you can fish piles and the deeper you get the easier it is to do that but the times you can fish piles where the fish are kind of scattered around it and in it you can catch several out of one you know because they're ready to eat and you can pick one off off each side or whatever before you ever get in the pile but I don't think there was many fish in these. You know, I think there was one or two. You know, I never caught. I had one pile on day one of the tournament that I caught back to back keepers out of, and that was the only only spot the whole tournament that I had two bites out of at one time. Wow, yeah, that's persistent.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So kind of so start walking us through kind of like the tournaments. Like, did you did you lead wire to wire? I don't remember if I saw that if
2: you won after each day. No, I was in twenty first. I had twelve something, the twelve three, I think, the first day. Never had a three pounder. Like it was super tough. I was pretty tickled with twelve pounds. You know, I had everything was over two but under three. Um and you know, I just I thought I could get some bites. I didn't know what those bites were gonna be. I was pretty positive I'd get bites. I didn't know what those bites were gonna be. And, you know, I, I thought ten or eleven would have you in decent shape. Had twelve three had me in twenty first day you know like one hundred thirteen, the cut was twenty five, so I was inside that cut line with a day to go for the cut, felt good about it. Um, so day two, quit and I, I felt like I just it was a timing maybe in the moon whatever eight thirty to ten thirty really where most of my weight was coming every day, so by you know nine thirty or ten on day two I had like fifteen, uh, by like not, probably. 8.45 or 9, I had 13 pounds. And at that point, I knew I was going to make the cut. Like I was pretty sure that I was probably going to climb. By 10 o'clock, I had 15. I thought I'd be in the top 10, but still just happy to have a good tournament. Like happy to be going, making the cut, making the check when it's tough as it is. Mm-hmm. At like 11.30 or 12, I caught a 4.5, and, and it it cold like a 2-pounder. And it put mm-hmm. me over 17. And, you know, I had 17.5 roughly, I think, on day two. And that, that at that point the 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 tournament changed to me, and I don't know that I fished any differently, but the the mentality changed because after I caught it, I, I knew what I had, and because I, I used the field, and I started fishing, I started kind of doing the math in my head, and I told my But I'm like, man, I like I think I'm in this. This isn't I'm gonna make the cut. This is I don't know how good they're gonna catch them, but the biggest bag of day one was 18 pounds even,
1: and mm-hmm. they were like.
2: One pounds bag, and then 16. and 15, You know, there wasn't a whole lot of good bags. Yeah. I had 17 and a half, and I was like, man, I, I really think I'm going to be in this, though. The dude leading it may – if he catches 18 again, I'm not going to be there. But, you know, if he slips, I'm really going to be in this thing to have a real good tournament. And then on day three, I, I was in fourth is where I was when, when I ended day two. And then it went into day three, a pound, two out of the lead. Still – Knowing I was in it, but having that, you know, I'm still a pound out. The, the three guys above me are like the guys to be, especially the top two, were like the guys to beat on that lake. They they team fished together on that lake. They, I mean, they are wow. the guys to beat. And uh, so, I, you know, still no pressure. Like I'm a pound two back by climb a spot or two. I've had best Toyota Series term I've ever had in my life, you know. And again, called them early and had. 17 something by 10 o'clock Whew. knew i was having a really good tournament you know at that point i had so it, at like nine or 9 30 i had four fish that weighed 10 something one of those was a kentucky that weighed like a pound 70 and i caught a five and a half and i had over 16 with that kentucky still in the boat i'm like oh man and i actually Man, I'm pre level, and I got I got shook up. I was like, man, I told my coach like, we need to just chill for just a second. I need to retie, and I couldn't stop shaking long enough to retie. <laughs> I was like, I love this, it. This got real because my number was 17. Like my, I thought 17 would put me real close to me, to able to win a tournament. And at that point, I'm at 16 and a half, knowing I'm gonna get a, at least a two and a half pound bite just because the size I was catching, you know, and, and get rid of that Kentucky. And I was at you know almost there, and it's like, man. And I, of course, I called two or three times there, and I had up in the seventeens. And at one o'clock, I felt like like I was, I felt like I had a good chance to win, but I didn't know what else to do. Like the bite died so bad after lunch, I was just fishing, and I was going in between waypoints. And I actually scanned with the light scope, and I saw another pile that I hadn't marked. It was a like a great big pile, and it was in fifteen feet of water. And I fired in, and immediately got hung or got a bite and caught a, a – hooked the fish and got hung and uh man i went up to it and i kind of went around it and the fish was, was so piled up down there that he wouldn't even move like he went from moving to just not like you could barely feel him shake, and then all of a sudden there was nothing i could pick up and feel the limb move but i couldn't feel the fish move and i told my co i was like man i think he i think he came off you know and he walked back there to start fishing and i actually trolled away from the pile and held my spool of my line to break the line and when it, like, it got to that point that it's, like, going to break, this four-and-a-half pounder comes rolling out of the water back there at the back of the boat where the pile was still hooked. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And the code runs up there and grabs net. We net it. And that put me over 18-and-a-half, I knew. It ended up being that one. But I knew I was over 18-and-a-half. And I'm like, oh, man, like, this is – this may work, you know. I, I was scared one of those guys was going to catch. I was like, if I'm catching 18 – one of these local guys is catching 18. It was my thought, but man, it it just worked out. God is good. And it worked out. That's all. Yeah. Like you were literally seconds away from breaking your line and that thing comes up and goes, wait, wait for me. <laughs> and, and I, had, I had a fish on day two that was over three pounds. I went around that pile twice and it would not come out. And the co went back to fishing, but I could feel it. Like it would go three or four feet down in the wood. And, you know, the line's like, nyah, 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 you could hear it on the wood. And I'd pick back up with all I could pick up. And you know, the, the line just make noise, you know, and just it's like that. Oh, you know, it's messing that line up bad. And fi- like, but I didn't want to break it because that fish was still swimming several feet down there. And that went on. Well, I held pressure on it and <laughs> took a drink of Propel that I had like Gatorade <laughs> because I was just trying to let the fish swim out. I was just trying to give him time. And he eventually just rolled out, just laid on his side, and it was over three pounds. I mean, that made a big difference on day two.
0: That's awesome. Especially, yeah, if, I think, after you caught that five and a half, you probably just started giggling to yourself. You're like, them boys got to catch them.
2: <laughs> that, that's what, I was like. Man, they're going to have to catch them pretty good. And after I caught that last big one, I was like, they're going to have to, sure enough, catch them. I said, I, I said, if I could catch one more good one, because I still had two under three in there. I said, and one was like 260. I said, if I could catch one more good one, like a four-pounder, it put me at 20. I said, I don't think they can catch me at 20. And my coach was like, uh, buddy, I think you've got it one. <laughs> and <I'm> like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I hate to just admit to that just yet. Just yeah. quick as I do, they'll catch a big bag. Yeah, you can't right. count your
1: chickens before they hatch, right? Yeah, for sure. Been there
2: <laughs> way too many times.
1: So. Oh, yeah. Free well. things
0: happen, man. Free yeah. things happen. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good mindset to keep is like, once you taste blood, don't let up for the rest yeah. of the day. Always especially that, on day yeah.
1: three or the final day. Like yes, for, sure. out for heads.
0: Yeah, <laughs> while pulling a Timmy Hortons and you know and ordering a pizza at ten AM might look cool once. <laughs> you look real stupid if you do that and you lose.
2: <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that kind of lead by <laughs> anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a very special circumstance up there yeah. playing for Timmy, but um, yeah. Yeah, you know the other thing you can say too is when it's your time, it's your time. Everything just kind of goes right, and you yeah. just know. But you can't, like you said, count chickens before the hatch, right? right. Like, because as soon as you do that, you're gonna finish second. You're like, dang,
2: gun it! Like, my it <laughs> happened again. And I told him on stage, I was like, man, there's fish. I weighed in fish this week that should never come in my boat. You know, mm-hmm. it's just just your time, man. Yep. That so <laughs> this saying.
0: I'm so torn about because, like, when you have those fish that come off and you yeah. do everything right, you're like, man, I guess it's just not my time. And it makes you feel better a little bit about yourself. Right, yeah. are there, like, when you're catching them and you say that and you're like, hmm. Like, you kind of think to yourself, you're like, am I just saying this to make myself feel better?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: it's like, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: oh, it's I mean, there are times, though, where it's just like, stuff you do everything right and stuff just literally doesn't go your way but for your case it went your way and you came home
2: with a nice check and some uh that beautiful trophy back there that's right yeah man it, it does there's so many times it doesn't go you're you know i, I cried the blues all last year in the mpfl that I, I had fish and not like that where they're in the trees and you can't get them out like fish on the jig hooked buried up jump and come off halfway of the boat like I lost fish to have a good tournament at every MPFL last year. And I just, I was like, why, you know, but sometimes it just isn't meant to be, but it's definitely, there's a lot more that goes on than it's, oh, I tried to break my line and a four pounder swam out and into the net,
1: you know, <laughs> it, it, it's funny too, like, whenever you do try to do stuff like that, like to pull it off, you're just like, oh, he's still there. But if you didn't try, he would have came off. Like if you oh, kept right. just circling around and trying to like pop him out, he would for sure came off.
2: Oh, yeah, for so sure.
1: The tug of war one again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they say, right, is always keep constant pressure. Of like if they get wrapped around something, if you can keep constant pressure, a lot of times they'll work themselves
2: out or you'll break your line. Well, and you know, the, the one on day two, I gave it slack. I got, I got, I sat there so long, I actually fed it slack, which is just against everything. Yeah. It's but against I, the entire buck. <laughs> I was already, you know, to the point I was like, well, I'm not going to get this fish out. So I was like, it would take off swimming. I'd just feed slack till it quit swimming, hoping, man, whatever, it out the other side and I net it and then cut my line or, you know, what? I didn't care if it came out. It just, you know. But I remember I was at Lake of the Ozarks for a regional a few years ago, and I I broke like five off in one day that I could still feel them. But I was catching them in like 35. But you could feel them in the wood, and you just – I mean, it'd go like 10 minutes, and you'd finally just back up and break them off and know they were still on the line when you broke them off. But, you know, that's that's blame that on the line.
1: That's all all the line's fault, not you. You did nothing wrong. We'll just blame the line. That's right.
2: (laughs) Should have pulled the whole pile up with the fish. Yeah. (laughs)
0: well <laughs> dude congrats on the win man because yeah, that's, that's freaking awesome i mean it's it's one thing to uh obviously do well it's another thing to win and it's another thing to win and then play it out the way you played it out i mean that's wow. pretty like because you found the deal like you you probably didn't think it was the deal after day one We're like i'm not you know i'm not getting any size or anything like that but it was like it was one of those tournaments where it's what you ask for every day you get bigger and weight. Yes. You know, it seems like the ones, like, those feel like the best because you're not out in front after day one and it's, like, slowly diminishing. It's like I found the deal right at the right time.
2: Yeah, I, I was telling the guy that the other day, the, the guys whose weight goes up every day in a multi-day tournament wins the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'm normally the guy that's not. You know, the MPFL fishes three days no matter, no cut. So, you know, normally I've got two decent days and one not. You know, but it's usually first day is usually my best. So it's after it was over, I was like, man, my weight went up every day. Just like I tell everybody if your weight can go up every day, you do well. So I got to figure out how to do that more often. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Technically, if you just catch a really small bag on purpose on day one, your weight will go up, right?
2: So then you win, right? What I did earlier this year in Tennessee, I had like four pounds. I'm like, what's this? I bet my weight goes up tomorrow, and it did.
1: That's <laughs> <the way>. It's <laughs> funny how that
2: happens. Yeah, yeah,
1: right? <laughs> nowhere to go but up at that point. <laughs>
2: that's right.
0: <laughs> you catch 25 on day one, you're like, either yeah, I'm gonna have a really good tournament, I need to throw some fish back. All <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, going back really fast, you had mentioned that you've been uh, you throw like a very specific rod for
2: finesse jigs. Uh, yes. Walk us through what what your setup was for that. So on the finesse jig, I throw a Denali Covert 72 medium heavy, and it's got plenty of backbone to set the hook, but I can still throw that light jig. It's a five sixteenth jig, is what it is. I can still throw it good, and it's like, man, I'm telling you that that rod. You can ask anybody that's fished with me. That rod's on the deck every day my boat hits the water and then on that big jig on the three quarter I was throwing a Denali Covert 7.8 extra heavy which sounds like a broomstick but it's not, they got a lot of tip to them and give gives you a lot of rod there to really pull them out of stuff and then on both, both 17 pound both set up yeah.
0: straight no,
2: 17 no, no leader 17 Flora
0: i would seen some guys like, what was it? Uh, it was Ray Robert Classic where they are flipping
1: wood with straight braid. That yeah, whole. that's dangerous because that braid's going to dig
2: right into that wood. Yeah. I'm not, ai mean, I throw braid like on spinning reels with a leader and anything top water, I throw braid. If I'm punching, I'm not a braid fan. I try to avoid it if I can.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I'd rather even punch with a heavy fluoro versus braid if I can get away with it. Sometimes you can't.
0: Oh, so you, you like punching grass with floral?
2: Uh, I like it. Like I said, sometimes it doesn't work, you know, but like if you've got a two-ounce weight, you're going to need braid on the other end. But sometimes it, you can do it, you know, decent with a heavy, like a 25 or 30 floral. Andy, is that is that you crying back there? No, that's that'd be mine. Jeez. Oh, that was you? I
0: saw you. I saw
1: you. I Amanda is not home, so Emmy is in bed she's been in bed since seven, so she's she's been great the last week and we want to keep it that way
2: fifteen <laughs> month old that's not having a good afternoon <laughs> oh no, I remember those days. I'm sorry <laughs> And we got another one be here in November, so we're gonna have two in diapers very soon. Well, oh, good congrats. luck, yeah thanks. Congrats
0: Thanks. <laughs> but well, it's, it's usually with andy his uh his daughter is always making well, not i shouldn't say always every now and then she'll make noise in the background because she's i think she just wants to be a special guest
1: yeah <laughs> that's what it is well, yeah I, I think what like three weeks ago she was like singing in the bathroom and it yeah. was like echoing <laughs> through the entire house
0: it was our intro music it's all yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh okay. that's the way it goes around here usually
0: <laughs> well hunter so tournaments aside right you're going out Fun fishing. I mean, if you have one way you want to fish that you choose to fish, well, what are you going to do?
2: I'm going to throw that little jig in current on rock. That's like Okay. Rocks, river, grass, stuff like that. Like river, river, just river fishing in general. Let's throw a little jig around.
0: So you kind of more like a a backwater kind of guy or just wherever that you can place that jig?
2: Uh, Main river, more. The Arkansas River here is home, and it's uh, you know, we've got. I know some rivers you don't do as well on the river. You have to get in the backwater, but here it's, you know, you can fish jetties and different stuff. A lot of jetties will have river grass on them, willow grass. I call it river grass, but you know, I, I stay on the main river most of the time. But love current, current makes them so predictable, always.
1: One hundred percent. Even if even if they're in a stagnant mood, you can find current bass, and they will still eat usually. Because for one reason to eat.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I've done like different expos and stuff, where you know, and that's I try to explain to people. I usually try. I like to do my stuff on river type stuff because that's what I'm so comfortable with. But it's like, if somebody, if you weren't very hungry, and somebody said a burger across the room, would you go get it? Maybe, maybe not. But if somebody threw it at your face. You're probably gonna eat it because that's what they do with current. I mean, they set up and everything comes right by their face while they're sitting you know, on a current break somewhere.
0: That's also very true.
2: Yep. Current is always the negator. It
1: yes,
0: the Rick Klum that said that.
1: Unless you have a wind going the opposite direction of the current, then it's never fun. But yeah. Oh, do we lose Hunter? We are frozen in time with Hunter.
0: I think he did that Zoom trick that students do where they leave the frozen face because they don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gosh, I think we lost. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing so good. (laughs) I think he was just dodging our last question. I think that's what he was doing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll get him back here in a second. But um,
0: yeah.
1: Me? Yeah. No, not really. I was going to go on the river topic and um, tomorrow like the Niagara River runs southwest to like northeast and we're going to have a northwest wind. So it might be a little tricky, but we're going to go throw A-Rigs and crankbaits and hopefully crack pretty good. Yeah, it's true. I got the little remote so I can just sit in the driver's seat and just control the boat. (laughs) Ah, there he is. He's back.
2: I'm connected to the hotspot on my phone this time. Maybe, sorry guys. Okay. No, oh, you're no, good. Y'all We're froze. So- I was still like moving. I'm like, what's happening? I'm moving, but they're frozen.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, we had the same thing. We're like, oh, and we lost Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We
1: just we had you frozen, smiling right on camera.
0: <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it looks like one of those things you see. Like I was telling Andy, like on Zoom when uh, you got your like college kids and the kid freezes his screen on purpose so that it looks like he's there, but he's not actually there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's got us tricked. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, That's funny.
0: So, so what is, so Arkansas river's home body of water. So basically anything that's current wise in the schedule is something you, you feel like it's in your wheelhouse.
2: Yeah. And you know, really most of the larger schedules don't have that. They occasionally, like an open will go to a bass open, will go to uh, the Arkansas River in Oklahoma. There's some Mississippi River stuff, but as far as regional, that never, you know, that's kind of outside of the region I would fish, like Toyotas and stuff. But, you know, like Tennessee River doesn't really count. I mean, there's current, but it's not the, it's not river fishing, it's ledge fishing. So you don't have a lot of options for that river type fishing, like I like on many schedules. You've been up to La Crosse? I haven't. I want to so bad. That sounds exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like I want. I keep waiting for a schedule to go there and I, that I'm fishing. I hadn't had never lined up. And I, I think I don't know anything about uh tide wa- tide water, but like the uh, was it the James James? Yeah, yeah. I think that stuff would fish similar to how I like to. Other than the tide, that might completely screw me up. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that thing is.
0: Can you guys hear like? Oh yeah,
2: I heard him. He's
0: having a dang concert back there.
2: <laughs> cat.
0: He's jealous. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, don't let your fiance get a cat. Um, we have
1: we have everything tonight. <laughs> Fifteen month olds, cats, wind. We're we're doing great. <laughs> we have a bunch of special guests tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that's
0: awesome. Well, Andy, do you have anything else left for Hunter before we hit him with uh, our last
1: question here? No, well, once again, I want to say congrats on the big win. And it looks like you hold your own down there in Arkansas, though, with all those first place and big bass trophies behind you. So go get some more next year. And uh, we'll be definitely looking forward to seeing you on the MPFL. And then you have Hair's Chain coming up, right? Here in like.
2: We do. Of- first week in oh, November.
1: Yeah. yeah. So good luck down there as well.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate
1: it.
0: How do you feel in Florida? Do you like it?
2: Man, quick story. Went to Florida last year, first time. And about the national anthem of day one of the tournament, my wife called and said, I'm in labor. (laughs) Uh. So I fished about two hours till I could get a flight, flew home, uh, weighed in my two fish that I had, flew home, had the baby the next morning, got on a plane, flew back, and fished my last day in Florida. Oh and my. had like 14 pounds, had a decent day. Yeah. And, and uh, now she's due like two or three weeks after I'm going to be in Florida this time. So I'm hoping for not a repeat of that. But Fingers
1: crossed.
2: But I liked Florida during practice. I didn't really get to fish much of the tournament, but it was a nice practice. Yeah, I won practice. That's all that
0: matters. And I I, you guys are lucky I wasn't there.
2: Right. So I do have a question
1: in regards to that, like, you knew your wife could possibly go into labor during that tournament. Was your practice just like a fun fishing practice? You're like, you know, I'm just going to stick some fish because if I don't make it through the tournament, at least I was able to catch some while I was here.
2: No, you know, actually, and we talked about it before the season even started. It's like, look, if this isn't something I need to be going for, then like, let's regroup if we're even going to fish this year, just, you know, get an exemption and wait. And, uh, she said she wanted me there. So, man, it's it's all business. When I got there, I just, at that, man, I, I'm pretty good about turning everything off, you know, when I get in the boat. And At that point, it was business, and I was hoping the phone didn't ring, but it didn't it Didn't work out that way. But that's you all right. That's mean, you didn't get blessed like
1: BP did. Do you know what? <laughs> I said you didn't get blessed like BP did at uh, Pickwick.
2: No, but, man, luckily, you know, he ended up not getting back in time. So, luckily, I was home when she was born. That's I'm I actually watched his deal and was so thankful or, or listened to him or something I was so thankful that I didn't make it home because I know he didn't quite get there. Yeah, he put that on his uh his YouTube channel. That was pretty
0: powerful stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I missed that one. So Yeah, you have to go yeah. back
0: and watch that. One, it was just a good episode in general. But uh but two, that yeah, that was pretty pretty powerful stuff. Good grief. Can't not make it with mine. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well dude Let's uh let's hit you with our last question uh, of the night, and then uh, we'll let you go. I'm in. All right. So everyone that listens to the show knows what question's coming, but for everybody that is uh, – for our new guests on the show, you get, we get you guys this question, and that is, if you could sit down with three different individuals, uh, they can be alive a thousand years ago. They can be alive today. They don't even have to be in the fishing industry. Uh, and have a steak, have a beer, pick their brain.
2: What three people are you going to invite? Oh, um, we're going to stay towards the fishing industry. Gerald Swindle, Brandon Paulnick, and Jason Christie.
0: Oh, okay. All right, now I'm going to slap you with the why for
2: each of them. Man, all three of those I've looked up to for a long time. I feel like Jason Christie's like the baddest man to ever bass fish. Like, he's so scary, especially if he's behind you and you're leading or whatever. Uh, Brandon Paul Nick seems like he is—he's getting to that point. Man, he at that point now. He's definitely scary, but he like smiles. Christie's like, Arr. you know, he doesn't—he's <laughs> <laughs> like a bear. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Paul Nick is just—he's got it figured out on the business end of it. I'd like to talk to him about that. And then, then Swindle is just hilarious. <laughs> Dude, he's just a nut. I'd like to, and we hunt. I mean, I hunt, and he hunts a lot. I know so. Those are three guys. I've got a lot of friends that have, have fished professionally for a long time, but those three guys I've never got to actually visit with. I was actually Christy's camera boat when he caught the winning fish at Lake Dardanelles, so that was pretty cool. But, but yeah, those three guys would be cool, just keeping the fishing industry and name those three guys. Heck, yeah, dude. That's awesome. Sweet. That'd be
0: a fun three. That'd be actually <laughs> a very interesting dynamic.
2: Christie would, like, to sit there quietly
0: the whole time while the other two talk. Yeah, he'd be like, you joke. Because, like, I, I've seen – Swindle and BP look like good buddies. I mean, BP sat on his lap at Fork on stage, so I'd say they're right. <laughs> christy be sitting there like he's jokers. <laughs> 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 so, no, be before we've so we've asked this question to a lot of people now, and uh, it's kind of be interesting, like just when you think about the, the, the trios that people are listening off, and just like the dynamics of how those people would communicate together right times we need to make one of these actually happen
1: andy like
2: we
0: need to be like all right this is what we're gonna do we're gonna get all these people we're gonna actually have a round table we're gonna cook you steaks we're gonna get
1: some beer we're gonna see what talked about (laughs) like i think one of the oddest ones was like i forgot who the pro angler was i think it was like clun einstein and like um elon musk and i'm like what is this like (laughs) like that's quite the combo yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's quite a – I don't know if I could handle the philosophical conversation
2: that goes on there. You have to. Yeah, yeah. Tell would be a wild one
0: for that conversation.
2: <laughs> it's going it to need to be a lot lighter for me. We can't be getting too serious. going to have to laugh if I'm in yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like as
0: it. As soon as big words start getting thrown around, I'm like, I'm out. You know, yeah. that could be a couple another beers, another beer or five. <laughs> <laughs> Lighting them all up a little. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Hunter, dude, seriously, thank you so much for taking time out tonight to yes. come and talk with us. We learned a bunch from you uh, and hopefully uh, we'll get you back on the show here soon.
2: Hi, hey, man. I appreciate both of y'all very much. Thank y'all. Yeah. You yeah, have man, good man. Really got
0: a seat here and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Sounds good. All right, boss. We'll see you. See that was awesome. It make, it's making me want to go fish brush piles right now.
1: It's just making me want to go fishing period.
0: You're going fishing. You fish every day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I fish every day when I want, pretty much at this point. So, yeah, guide life, guide life, fishing life. So, I'll probably be out. Well, as everyone's listening to this, I am on the water currently. So, I'll be out Saturday. So, tomorrow. And then Sunday, I'm off. Monday, I'll be on the water. Tuesday, we have a consultation for Emery. She has a doctor's appointment. Wednesday, I'm playing stay at home dad. Then I'll probably be on the water Thursday, Friday until probably the following week, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I I think I have a guide trip Sunday, Monday, the following weekend. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tiring couple weeks. Yeah, Fun, fun. Mm -hmm. I
0: I think I'm actually taking this weekend and not fishing.
1: I don't believe it.
0: I'm going to try to, but (laughs) I look at it, I have like, 18 videos that i have to edit i have a bunch of like side projects that i have to do that i want to get done before the craziness starts of october but uh next next weekend is the ike charity kayak tournament that i'm driving down to go fish and then next sunday you know fingers crossed it's still on but like people have to tune in for ike live because i'm gonna go do an in-studio ike live with their crew and that's gonna be a heck of a lot of fun
1: i think i can do that
0: that that tournament so it'll be uh fun to compete against ike if he's doing that um
1: jackpotting his own charity tournament interesting that's right, <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> likes to fish against pros all right i mean people yeah up, that's up fair the challenge. but yeah we're gonna be sleeping out of our truck that weekend but so uh, we kind of signed up last minute and we're like yeah let's go fish it um well, that'll be fun and then it was actually announced you know obviously this is a friday so yesterday the official Hobie Bos Tournament Champions Top 50 qualified list came out, and uh, we've been qualified uh, for that since Congrats April.
1: Congrats again on that, buddy!
0: Thank you, man. But I'm I'm more proud of qualifying through Aoi than I was qualifying through the win. So we. Oh, double yeah, you qualified. double
1: qualified, yeah? Because you're what sixth or seventh overall right now?
0: I think I I think I was eighth, but I haven't checked since the Dardanelle tournament, somebody might have bumped bumped me back. Either way, if we're in the top 10, yeah, I'm, I'm right at 10th. So I got bumped back to 10th, which means we're about probably five, six. I, I don't know. I got to figure out who, what the numbers are exactly that qualify for Hobie World Championships. But that would be something that would be really cool to try and qualify for for next year. But either way, I'm just excited because after that like, tournament, we got a few weeks and then um, – uh, driving down to cattle lake in Louisiana practice starts yeah. November 5th going to be driving down to fish probably Gunnersville a day early and then staying one day after with my buddy Adam Riser to do some fishing uh, it's going to be uh practices Saturday November 5th to Thursday November 10th and then the tournament's three days long and everybody fishes three days. So that is when be... we ever
1: fish again is the question. <laughs> yeah, is the question. <laughs> like, I think we've only fished together twice. I'm year. just going to buy a damn guide trip is what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> a Weekday guide trip. <laughs> Dude, can you
0: hear my cat is going out of tear?
1: Yeah. It's all good. Gosh. It is all I think good. he's trying to say,
0: hey, sucker, I'm hungry. Turn your podcast off.
1: Oh, speaking of which, though, like. It's kind of crazy. I went to Capellas today, like, and this speaks adamant to Omnia. Like, I wish I would have just ordered, but I totally forgot when I placed my order at the beginning of the week to buy line because I'm like out of fluorocarbon. I bought bulk bulk spools at the beginning of the year, and like three weeks ago. Before my boat broke down four weeks ago, I used my last of ten and twelve pound fluoro, and I'm like crap. And then it sat around for a month, and you know what happens to fluorocarbon when it sits around for a month? It breaks down with heat and sun. Now you. Last minute, realized that I didn't have any left, so I had to go buy some. And literally, Cabela's has zero fluorocarbon line. Uh, I had to buy, like, cheap Bass Pro Cabela's fluoro, and I hope it holds up. Oof. Yeah, for a 10 to 12-pound test. So we'll see how it goes. Good luck, buddy. I got a bunch, dude.
0: I have, like, giant spools of it. You could have just asked.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, this was at, like, 2 o'clock, and I was in a rush. And, yeah, then it slipped my mind.
0: Well, if you want anything, I literally have like several 3,000 size spools. So if you need anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: I could use some line.
0: <laughs> I don't mind donating a couple. What is hundred it, Berkeley
1: 100%?
0: I have that and I also have Seaguar. Nice. I went and splurged on line because line something I run through a lot of.
1: Yeah, you have to. Like even on guide trips and stuff, I'm changing my line at least every couple days. Just because once you get a backlash and it becomes so weak. Mm-hmm. So, and with clients, clients send a backlash when you're teaching them how to use a baitcaster.
0: That is also very true. Well, buddy, I think uh, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Uh, today was a great show with Hunter. Uh, and for the folks that do not follow us on social media, one, you should. Two, the links are below. And three, we have something really exciting coming on October 1st. Oh, yeah, Lure Lab. Yeah, we're going to have an official mm-hmm. announcement here in the next few days, but uh Andy just said it out loud, but we have a brand new show coming. Half whisper. Uh, hear, half, half whisper. <laughs> I know. If you didn't hear what he said, you have to you have to rewind and, and try to listen. But <laughs> we have a, a new show coming to the network. It's going to be really exciting, and uh, we'll announce more details here soon. But make sure if you guys are on social, you go follow that page. Everything will be available on the Sirius Angler Network. And uh, we'll just have more instructions on how you guys can uh, find that show coming here soon. But uh, as always, we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it,